Hello, and welcome to Wellness Wednesday with 3W. Wellness Wednesday is sponsored by 3W Medical for Women, a nonprofit medical clinic offering free of charge or low cost reproductive health services to women in the Seattle area, regardless of income or insurance status. 3W does not profit off of the reproductive health choices women make. The information shared in this podcast is the opinion of the speaker or speakers. Medical information is not intended as individual medical consultation, but for general education only. Always consult your own health professional for personalized advice regarding medical decisions. And if you're in the Seattle area, consider making an appointment to consult with us. I'm Helen Nguyen, CEO and co-founder of 3W Medical for Women and the host of today's podcast. Hi there, Wellness Wednesday listeners. This is Helen Nguyen. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast with Wellness Wednesday. Every single time I do these podcasts, it's always such a joy because I get to speak to just amazing people, you know, regardless of if it's staff that you've heard from before. But every time I have a guest, it's just uh, it reminds me of of what a great honor it is for me to be able to do this and have you tune in and listen, which is really, really cool. But today specifically, it kind of hits home for me because I have in front of me joining us on this podcast is Sue, my son's birth mother. And it's I've always wanted you on this podcast, Sue, because or to record you. Because I think your journey and your story is so powerful for so many people. And it kind of like gives me goosebumps right now, like that we can record this together. <laughs> and just before we got into the studio, I was on a phone call with a donor and she's been following kind of my adoption story and, you know, just my infertility story for a long, long time now. And I... I could not stop talking about you because she was asking about you and how she could support more women like you and like what could she do because she was so inspired by your sacrifice. And this is someone that doesn't know you and she's been impacted by you. So I just want to let you know that. Um, spent like 45 minutes just talking about you and us and our relationship and now we get to record about it. <laughs> So welcome to our studio, Sue. My worlds are colliding, which is super fun. So one of the first questions I needed to ask you was, tell me a little bit about yourself. And that's a little tough, right? To talk about yourself. So so your name is Sue. And where are you from, Sue? Let's I'm from Tacoma. Thanks, Helen, for yeah. having me today. It yeah. is a great opportunity and a privilege for me to be here. And thank you for sharing so much of your beginning getting here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm from Tacoma area, mm -hmm. a little bit more south. Okay. Um, I've lived in that area for quite a few years. Yeah. Over 20 years. And yeah. I have a young daughter at home who yes. is such a joy. Yeah. And um, who loves Max as yes. well. So, yes. Um, <laughs> and she feels she, she feels no separation. Been so inviting to all of us that have come. You and uh, your husband. Yeah. And so it's made it very comfortable yeah. for us. I am an older lady. Not old, but I am more mature lady. Folks. Sue looks like Farrah Fawcett today. When she walked in, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did the you younger get... Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> yes. You know, like the, the original pictures that you. Fantastic. The... Yeah. I mean, she always looks so good. I mean, you would not tell. Oh. You cannot tell that these la this lady has kids because she looks so good. She looks so much better than me. But her hair is so on point today. Thanks. We got to take a picture of it. But yeah, just 
yeah, just thank you so much for being here and yeah, thank you. I recording wanted to this. be able to come out um, yeah. to reach so many women. I know that in my idea of adoption and placing adoption was thinking, oh, you know, I'm not a young, you know, young teenager that really needs to that's in dire straits. Mm -hmm. And so, and I already had children, I have a few mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. And so it really gave me a great perspective and to to bring this out to yeah. to all all ages. Anybody. Yeah. yeah. So what were your initial thoughts about adoption when you, you know, your past experience with it, if you had any, or what were some stereotypes that you had about adoption? Yes, so that's great. I, I didn't really have any personal understandings of adoption. Mm -hmm. I do have one of my bestest friends. She had placed her child in adoption, but it was a different scenario. And it was many years ago, which she's mm -hmm. now reconnected with her daughter and has a great relationship with her. Mm -hmm. For me, the birth father... He was adopted, mm -hmm. and then I had talked with someone else, and he was adopted. Mm -hmm. So that was my first experience with it. Mm -hmm. I always had the understanding that you take care of your own children. You have sure. children. It's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. You take care of it. Mm -hmm. And I did have children when I was 15, and I raised them. And so mm -hmm. I thought, oh, I could still do that. However, I think there was a different, there was a different plan. Mm -hmm. for this one. Yeah, yeah. And, well, did you, did when you first heard about adoption, was it initially like, well, I can't do that? It like, was very standoffish. I thought, yeah. oh, that's great for someone else. Right. That's wonderful for yeah. someone else. I am for the life of the mother, the life mm -hmm. of the father, the life of the baby, all, mm -hmm. all those scenarios. And I... It was easier for me to see that for somebody else or just love that other person right where they were. Mm -hmm. Didn't really see it for myself. Mm. So I was standoffish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was it, do you think it was influenced by that, that initial reaction? Do you think it was influenced by society mm. or yes. your, your, your own upbringing? Society. So my understanding was more of a closed adoption. Style. Okay, and I didn't understand the open adoption until I really started looking into it, right? And and seeing what other options were available. Yeah. So your initial idea was like, oh, I give my child away to some couple somewhere, and I'll never see them again. Yeah. Is that yeah, is that what you much. thought? And then you're just left with all this guilt, or I don't, I don't, yeah, know. I never or like had questions. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like where? I mean, are these people even actually good people? Right. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So at what stage in your pregnancy did you start looking into, okay, maybe adoption, maybe I was unaware that adoption can look a little bit different. Mm -hmm. At what stage do you think? So I knew I was pregnant before I actually had the test. So really? You can kind of, yeah, I've been pregnant before. Oh, <laughs> so you can kind you're of right, tell. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of tell things feel a little weird. And so I had taken... The I just went and bought a test yeah, and yeah. I had taken it, realized I was, and then I thought, oh, oh my, I was just in a state of not knowing what to do. Were you panicking? I was a little bit inside, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so then I was like, what am I going to do? So if this was about, let's see, it's about for three or four months, I think adoption started to come up. Okay. What happened was 
I didn't really consider that, but I knew from my past that I was not going to do any an abortion. Yeah. So yeah. I knew I had been in those shoes before. Mm-hmm. And my last experience with it was very kind of a felt like a life or death situation. Mm. And I knew that I didn't want to be pulled up in that light if, if it ever did go very badly. Mm-hmm. I had made a choice. It was a personal choice to not not go that route if, mm-hmm. if it was to come up again. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that wasn't going to happen for me. So yeah. the only other thing I can think of was... You're going to have this baby. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have my parents. They have passed away and yeah. I didn't really have the support. And I was working full time taking right. care of my daughter. Right. My boyfriend at the time, mm-hmm. he started looking into it mm-hmm. and looking at different couples and all these pretty adoption agencies. Yeah. And I thought, oh, he's looking for better people, <laughs> you know, and I was feeling hurt. And yeah. I thought, so he did this without enough. talking yeah. to you? first or yeah because he knew that you know I was like I don't know what to do right and so he was just looking at it and I saw him looking at it and I was like oh well I guess he's in that that mode Mm -hmm. and he wasn't working he Mm -hmm. wasn't doing much Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. and so looking at every looking at the at the facts without my opinion Mm -hmm. so here I am an older lady no you know, just more You're not taking old. care of my daughter, going <laughs> yeah. to work full time. I have a boyfriend who we've had some, I've had some abuse situations with him previously. Mm-hmm. And I've learned and grown through that. If you ever want to. Yeah, we'll have you that. come back for that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I think he's learned and grown from that as well. Mm. So I didn't feel there was any security there mm-hmm. from him yeah. or any motivation to, to do yeah. You know, he's like, whatever you want to do. But I really needed somebody that was going to be there, support and right. give that all to me. I think inside, I kind of just felt a little selfish because I'd already had children mm-hmm. raising them. I was at this point in my life with a younger one. And mm-hmm. I don't, to be honest, I wasn't sure that I really wanted to raise another one. Because sure. I didn't have family and I didn't have grandparents. I yeah. didn't have all those things. I'd have to put the baby in daycare. And I've done yeah. that with my, my youngest daughter. And yeah, so I was feeling quite selfish inside and I wanted to blame a lot of other Mm-hmm. external external things on that and I wanted to blame other people and I was feeling some guilt from that I was feeling stuck mm-hmm. and so I just kind of came a little bit more recluse on what I was going to do so he was looking into the adoption and then I was a little upset at that <laughs> but yeah. um, it was a reality on some of it you know and mm-hmm. and so I know that I had went to my first one of my first doctor's appointments and it was an ultrasound because mm-hmm. I was that far along it was time for ultrasound. Right. And it was probably about four, four months, four or mm-hmm. five months. And mm-hmm. I went up and and my boyfriend was waiting in the car and I went up to the ultrasound and had it and found out it was a boy. Mm-hmm. And I know that previously in my previous marriage, I'd always wanted to have another boy. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't the right time or yeah. So right. So I thought, wow, it's a boy. This is what wonderful. And I came down and I had to go to another appointment and I told my boyfriend and he said, well, look, you have the perfect adoptable baby. And that just really stung. Wow. And I didn't know how to take that. What does that mean? I think when when you're looking at some of the adoption sites, there's a what people are looking for. 
some most most say they don't really care. Yeah, they don't. You know, it can you know like do do you mind of what yeah. race or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or sex or mm-hmm. you know male or female and all that. And so people will put that in there, and they're looking for a preference. Now that's what I call pretty adoption agencies. <laughs> But, you know, people have their preference of what they're looking for. And so that was it. So my race is basically, you know, white and, mm-hmm. and that. And mm-hmm. so and he was a boy and people were looking mostly for that. Mostly here for that. In, yeah, here in the States. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I wasn't quite aware of that. I didn't really look at it that way. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, what he meant by that. But I took it so you know, I was personally going through these right, things. Right, right. And so take those things hard. And that's when I knew kind of that, okay, I'm really going to pursue this more. Okay. And there are a lot of adoption agencies outside of Washington, but I preferred to see if there was one inside Washington. Yeah, yeah. Did you felt pressured into adopting? I feel, I pressured myself. Okay. So I feel the ones that were around me, that I allowed to be around me, were Really, Sue will support you in whatever you wish to do. Okay. So you hear that going through these things. You hear that going through a lot of situations in life. Mm-hmm. And that is really nice. It doesn't make it always easier, though. <laughs> right. You know, you want yeah. someone to come and hold your hand and direct you yeah. and say, this is a good idea. This isn't a good idea. But yeah. ultimately, I knew inside, when I look at the reality, I was going to make the choice. Yes. You know, whatever choice it was. Yeah. So yeah. I can see where they're coming from. Yeah. But because you're so torn and you're so feeling so stuck. Yeah. You want somebody to take it over for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as you peel back, you know, looking into your own research about adoption and people saying, we'll do, you know, we'll support you wherever, what made you commit? Commit. Yeah. What made you commit? Knowing of the facts, a little bit of my own selfishness, but knowing of the facts and then deciding I'm I'm going to. I, I put a lot of, I personally, I pray about a lot of things and mm-hmm. it, it was a little hard because here I am. You know, I've made this unplanned pregnancy. I'm feeling a little guilt off of that. All the other things I'm feeling, but I'm still praying about it. You know, just had to surrender a lot of a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that when I went to the adoption agency, I found one, went mm-hmm. there, started talking with them. Mm-hmm. And I knew once I started into it, if there was a family I was going to choose. I was not going to turn back. How did you talk about it with your daughters? <laughs> Because you yeah. have you have your beautiful daughter who's a bit younger at home, and I really wanted to ask you about that too. Like, how did you approach your daughter at home, and then your older daughters, mm-hmm. who kind of understand the world a little bit more? Yes. How were those conversations like? Did you have to like sit them down and tell them? And yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. I got some snippet through the years of just how difficult that was and in some ways and then in some ways it was like whoa that wasn't hard at all yes so with the younger daughter she was much more accepting first when I told her I was pregnant she didn't believe me but as the (laughs) tummy started growing then she realized it but she just went through it with me and yeah and I and I prepared her and I told her I 
think this baby is for another family. Mm-hmm. And she still accepts Max as, you know, her family. Because, Absolutely, because he is. <laughs> um, you, and, you and your family have been very accepting of us and yeah. not made us feel separate. Yeah. So so she she just kind of went through the thing with me. Very easy, very mm-hmm. easy to go. Mm-hmm. If things come up later in life, we'll go through those things. Right. And so my younger daughter, very supportive. Yeah. Very supportive and loving and of such a big help. Yeah. And I think one of the guilt was seeing her every day and like, what is she going to go through, you know, yeah. doing that? But she's not worried about it at all. Yeah. She seems really resilient. She, yeah, she is. And I, I feel like most younger children are. Yeah. If you, if you give them a love and you see that you, you know, you love yourself, you value yourself, you yeah. value the whole family. Mm-hmm, yeah. And they will go with Very that. secure. And then the older children, I had told my oldest one, who became a support to me. Mm. I told her, I said, I'm pregnant. I think this baby may be for someone else. And she she revealed to me later months in my pregnancy that she, we didn't talk about it at first, but she said that she was crying sometimes at mm. night because she didn't want me to feel like I didn't have anybody and that oh, she's gosh. offered, you know, if yeah. you want, I will adopt this baby. And, yeah. and then we were able to talk more. And I mm-hmm. said, if you are willing to go through some of this with me, and it may not always be easy, but mm-hmm. if you're willing to go through some of this with me, I would love for you to be involved. And mm-hmm. she did. She went to some of the appointments with me. Yeah. And she was a a great help and very supportive. She set aside what her own opinion was, what her own ideas were. And she's younger. She's in her 20s, early 20s. Yeah. And she just came in with the support and love. And that's just who she is. Yeah. I do have an older one who I didn't tell directly, but my younger one had told the the other dad and and they both just blew up on me. So I have received some of the worst messages and that I I ever thought I could. The one thing with that from them is I didn't respond in a way to attack back because they're coming from their own life experiences. They're coming from their own personal perspectives. Feelings. Yeah. Yeah, and so to to uh, respond with that it was not going to be helpful. Yeah, but I did think about other people in the in the family say, "Oh, I'll, we'll adopt, we'll adopt," mm-hmm. or "We'll, you know, I've even been threatened. We'll take my daughter, you know, my youngest mm-hmm. daughter away." And I thought, let's look at their life. They're kind of busy themselves. They're not uh, just not the life I want for this baby. They're not even willing to you know, help me with what I do have going on already. Right, so, right. And to bring it into family, I've had somebody on the outside say, that may not always be the best. Yeah. And so I, and I, there was another, there was another thing for Max. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It might have made things more complex yes, and not as so. boundaries and clear expectations. expectations and sure. yeah, the fam, when you have a big family and when you have, so many personalities in a f- in families it's it's difficult to navigate that yes and that was so wise of you that was probably like grace like giving <laughs> right. you that answer i think so yeah <laughs> yes yeah. yeah i think there are cuz i've heard of other people that were going to consider adoption and the mother said oh i'll adopt the baby or mm-hmm. you know or family and um, mm-hmm. i i hope that all is all going well yeah but 
it kind of puts an alert in my own right in my right, own right. mindset. There's yeah. wonderful families out there all over ready to yeah. to adopt. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, to reiterate that, it's like every situation is so unique. And so there's not this like one size fit all, like Mm -hmm. the child needs to go back to their biological family or Mm -hmm. or something like that. Maybe that might not have been the best situation and might have complicated your relationship with your kids even more. Who, you know, who knows? Like, exactly. Yeah. What gave you peace? What, what gave you like, okay, this was a light bulb kind of a moment where you're like, yeah, I'm making the right decision. I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. down this path sitting in the room yeah so the adoption agency that I chose mm-hmm. and I was sitting in the room there my one of my older daughters did come with me mm-hmm. and we were looking at a couple families on this paper and I felt wow this is really um just it didn't feel so personal. You yeah. Know, but reading through them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a catalog yeah, of like models yeah. or something. Like, because we're all trying to sell ourselves from my perspective. I got that. Yeah. Because we're all trying to like, how do we beef up ourselves to look yeah. appealing? You yeah. know, because that's what we were told to do. I can see that. Yeah. And so, and I don't know the perspective from that point of view. It'd be interesting to know a little bit from you that. sure yeah but, please uh, feel free to ask me anything great and yeah so but I was sitting in there looking at a couple I already had in mind I had been wondering when is this family gonna show up I'm about I'm I'm gonna be due pretty soon you know in a couple <laughs> months and yeah I, and I was like I wanted this other family to be able to prepare and feel yeah. this excitement yeah because I felt an excitement being pregnant <laughs> and I want them to feel this excitement I want them to you know feel that eagerness and that but I was sitting in a and I, I knew a little bit. Someone said, I have a family that mm-hmm. that might work. Mm-hmm. So when I came to yours, it was really hard to read. There was about three three families that I looked at. Mm-hmm. It was a little hard to read. I couldn't read at all. It was really light. It looked like something was submitted really quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that the story was great, you know, mm-hmm. how you upselled yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. But um, <laughs> I knew a little on uh, your background. Yeah. So and all that you do. To help women, oh, uh, your love, the my connection with you without even meeting you yeah. was there because I want women to feel healed. I want them to feel loved. I want them. I want somebody who's passionate enough to fight for us, you know, and to stand up for us. And mm-hmm. I and I want to do that for women too. And 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 all that you did coming against such big obstacles and your love for us and children and and wanting to see those things come to pass and then knowing about Stephen and his love for you and wanting to be involved in that and your big family and all that support yeah I thought to myself Lord the greatest gift and sacrifice that I could ever give back to this woman would be this baby and that Apart from going out into the world to try to save the world, that was the biggest thing that I found that I could do. And I knew right then that you both were going to be the one. And I knew once I told you, I would yeah. not go back. Yeah. And that gave me peace. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're so beautiful and tearing up. 
I have such a heart and a love as everybody here at the this clinic does. You can just feel that that sense of security and love. Yeah. When you come into the clinic. Yeah. Thank you, Sue. Oh gosh. Well, from our our angle, and you probably haven't heard this yet, but from our angle, it was like you came up out of nowhere. Like we we were not going to go with an agency. It was kind of like something we made up our minds. We're like, oh, we're going to go with private adoption and we're just going to leave it up to, you know, whatever comes, whoever comes. And we get I get this call, you know, a month, I think two months before you were due. And it was like, hey, we have this mom and she's doing two months. And I was like, holy crap. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, usually people got nine months to prepare for something yeah. like this. And it happened really, really quickly. And we were told to submit our uh, paperwork. And I didn't even tell Steve I got the call until I got home. Because I didn't, I, I don't know how to break that news to someone over the phone. You know, it just felt a little, hey, <laughs> you know, like, how do I even start a conversation. So you were not with, with him when No, you I was at out. work. Okay. I was at work. Okay. And so I waited until I got home and I was like, hey, so I got this random call and there were a couple of adoption opportunities before Max came along, before you guys came along that we submitted our stuff and it just didn't go through. In fact, I submitted a, our application for a sibling group of five and didn't tell him at one point. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was just oh, kind of saying, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I'll tell him when I get home. And I was like, oh. we'll just build a bigger house. And, yeah. you know, kids are small. They can be in one room. Oh, and yeah. so, yeah, I, I submitted our, our adoption paperwork for a sibling group of five with two twins in the middle at one point. And that didn't work out. And then back in December of 2020, I sub we submitted another application for a five-year-old boy that didn't go through and that was so that was really heartbreaking because we were just like almost there and so we're just like okay we're just not going to put pressure on it anymore and whatever comes along and here you you came along we were at a a church conference and it was like eight o'clock at night and we got the phone call as we were walking out to our car so i'm i'm in my car with steve and the adoption agency goes, they really loved your profile and they'd like to meet. And oh my, we just, we didn't even know what to say. We were just so, I was crying and we ran back into the church and told our pastor about it. And um, it was like this flood of like, oh my gosh, this is like the biggest gift. How, how do we start to give back? How do we? we say thank you. When we met for the first time at the restaurant, I had no idea what to even expect. Like, do I sell myself more? Or like, <laughs> like, and I, you know, Steve and I are just really open books. You know, we, there's not much mystery to, with, yeah. there's not much mystery to us. You kind of get what you kind of get. Like all the, all the good parts and the bad parts, right? We wanted to make sure when we met you for the first time to, not come off as like selly because we really just wanted you to get to know us. And if there was any hesitation, like just let us know because this is just who you we are and you're going to be the one who has to make that decision. It's kind of like coming into a marriage. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> like what are things you you love about them and what are things you tolerate? <laughs> and I know that like how can you we're flawed people, we're not perfect people. So let us show you the flawed parts so that you know ahead of time what you're getting into. <laughs> I mean, we came early to the restaurant and we prayed in the car. <laughs> like, what do you think she's going to ask? And, you know, so there was just so much nervousness, but also like we're so not in control of the situation. Yeah. And we just have to surrender, like you said. Like, I don't know. Like, what was your first... What were your thoughts about going to dinner with us? Like, Because that was like a weird thing, right? You don't. Well, I thought, what are they going to think of me? You know, and oh, so gosh. we play a lot of our lives and wondering what others are going to think of us. Mm -hmm. And and so just moving forward, just mm -hmm. moving forward. So, yes. Yeah, so just like you said, we came, I came out of like nowhere. Like you, you and Steven came out of nowhere as yeah. well, hoping the right couple would come up. And mm -hmm. just more and more time kept passing. <laughs> and so, yeah. 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 So going there to the restaurant, I felt this feels so like this is really odd. It's like yeah. you're sitting down a whole bunch of friends. You're like, because you're just going to, you know, hand your baby over to yeah. somebody, you know? <laughs> yeah. And just, like, what must they be thinking of that? that oh, you did not come off in that sense at all and you were it's a good thing you look so pretty when you tear up because you have wonderful emotion and are so and tear up and uh it made me feel very comforting oh thank you mm -hmm. we we were not that was like the last thing on our minds of like who you were we didn't care like we just i guess it was just an honor to be able to get to this point and sit across from someone that's contemplating something as stressful mm -hmm. as something like that. Cause mm -hmm. I can't, I can't imagine what you had been going through. Cause you know, knowing you for the last 14 months, Max is 14 months now, wow. you know, just being a, a mother now, the gift that you've given me, like, I don't know how to even approach those feelings or like uncover those feelings. Right. And it must be so, it must have been so odd because the last thing Steve and I wanted to do was make it feel transactional. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. Make it feel transactional or like we're in such a desperate situation that you felt the need to like like push anyway, yeah, push down everything yeah. that your instinct was feeling to keep mm -hmm. Max mm -hmm. and and wanted to give to us. That's like the last thing we wanted to do. Like, and that's why we're like, we want this kid, but we also don't want to pressure her into doing something she will regret for the rest of her life. And then how do we honor that journey with you? There were so many times where we wanted to just randomly reach out and just tell you that we're thinking about you. But then there's this like hesitation of like, oh gosh, are we going to make her feel guilty? You know, like, yeah. you know, so that, that was from our end of like, we don't know what to do. We really don't know what to do, but it was... It was like, we're going to leave Sue alone. And if she wants to reach out to us, she can. And I think that's why I sat on that email I sent you for mm -hmm. a really long time. I think it was weeks before I sent it. Because, yeah, the last thing I want to do was make you feel pressured or guilty in yeah. any way. Or like, here's a bunch of money for our baby. <laughs> you know, like it's I like know. that's so bizarre and inhumane, you know. Right. Yeah. And I didn't even know about like how much like it costs a job or any of that stuff because mm -hmm. I used like my own insurance. There are, there are agencies. Yes. So that anybody needs to know there's agencies that will help. 
Yes. And they will help you with your living expenses and things like that. But because mm-hmm. I was already working, I've mm-hmm. already had insurance, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of requirement. And I didn't right. require a lot. So I never, I don't tend to ask for a lot anyways. I'm you don't. A little bit. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I'm learning more. So I tend to, you know, take on a lot of those just feeling like independent, responsible, whatever. Yeah. But I feel like I would mention to other women to look into, you know, being able to receive mm-hmm. if if they need help with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think after that, I was like, I'm ready to just do this personally with them. But <laughs> I wanted, I didn't know. It's all yeah. new to me. Right. And we didn't know either. Yeah. We had I, no idea. I was feeling so, when I was going through that, I felt very, even though there's people say, oh, well, you know, do whatever you like to do. We'll mm-hmm. support you. But I was feeling very alone, you know, mm. and like hiding. You know, I didn't want everybody to know. And I didn't want everybody to know what choice I was coming up against. I mm-hmm. didn't want. And if I thought if I hide myself, nobody will ask. Right. And nobody will know. And it's kind of be my secret. But yeah. I was also mad at like the birth father because he could hide it. You know, he wasn't. Right. I he wasn't know. pregnant. Yeah, he got to make his own choice. Right. <laughs> and so here I was going through the emotion, going through yeah. the body changes, going through the people right. knowing. And then and so feeling a little bit of that. But it, everybody that that was in my corner was very helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I'll never know what you've gone through. I mean, you can tell me, but it's until, you know, I'm in your shoes, in your body, in your experience. Well, I know. I just know it from our perspective. There were so many moments of like 100% of this is out of our control. Yeah. And we're just going to surrender it. And whatever happens, happens. And I remember asking the adoption agency for your picture before we met at the restaurant. And when I got that text message, I just burst out crying. And like I got on my knees and I was like, okay, what does this mean? You know, because we've we haven't gotten to that stage yet. Mm -hmm. And so it was like a whole new experience. And yeah, I mean, like mine and Steven's goal was like, how do we how do we honor this process as much as possible? How do we not make it transactional? Because I don't think that's a good feeling for either parties and how do we always include you in max's life Mm -hmm. that was a really important part for us because adoption is awesome adoption is like beautiful it's a beautiful story he's gonna have that story for the rest of his life and we wanted you to be a part of it i think a lot of people think or stereotypes about adoption is like you have to hide it. You have mm-hmm. to like not include the birth mother. It's going to be mm-hmm. really, it's going to be really confusing for the child. And that was not what we were thinking at all. Like, honest to God, like, how do we include you in in the conversation? And I, I'm so grateful that it's become very seamless. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just like old friends that didn't meet. And then now you're right. pregnant and you give me your baby and it's like, <laughs> no big deal. So it was kind of like, so it's really, that's, that's why I wanted to have this podcast because I think it breaks a lot of stereotypes it breaks a lot of assumptions and i i remember the day you went into labor because i went to work Mm -hmm. and my staff were like what are you doing here why aren't you (laughs) sitting outside at the hospital wait i was like guys she has time to decide she has time to change her mind and i'm not going to take away that time for her so i'm just gonna do what i normally get up go to work and you know, when you reach out, you reach out, you know, like I'm not going to 
do that because you have every right as the birth mother to change your mind. And I think that's something, another thing people don't know is like, oh, you sign a bunch of documents and you have to like sign your life over. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case at all. No. You can still change your mind in Washington state. You have up to 48 hours to change your mind for, for us to, to protect our own emotions. Like, I think I, I remember walking out of the restaurant and you were so kind. And I, I told you that like, I'm just not ready to put together the nursery because I want to honor your process. Mm-hmm. And like, if you decide to change your mind, I don't have the heart to put the nursery away. And you grabbed my hand and you said like, start decorating the nursery, which, you know, I went into the car and just bawled. And even, even at that point, like, I still had nothing to put together because like, <laughs> I was still really scared yeah. of what that's going to look like. So how has being in an open adoption, like how has that changed your mentality about adoption? And what would you tell someone that is looking into adoption? What would you say to them at this point? Thank you for sharing that. I mean, your story. Yeah. I haven't really had the time and opportunity to, you're a very busy woman, of yes. course. But yes, but. Sit down <laughs> and ask you a little bit more in, in detail oh, yeah, about please. what yeah. you and Stephen, your family may have been going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine it was something to want something so much, but have to surrender it. Like, isn't mm-hmm. that a, isn't that feel? Yeah, feel well, like I'm a control freak. <laughs> Yeah. And so surrendering anything is just kind of like I have to like mentally talk myself into Mm -hmm. it. But before you came along, I have had I've reached a point where in my infertility journey that I was so at peace at. Like it was like I don't I'm not able to carry children and and be you know, I'll never be able to experience what an ultrasound looks like. Yeah, I, I don't think. I don't at this point I don't think. And if it happens, it happens great. But how do I how do I help women realize what's inside of them and the ability to be a mother and their ability to love their children instantly when it's just on a screen? Yeah. You know? Like I felt like that was very I was very much at peace with that's my role mm-hmm. in this world. That's mm-hmm. what I was made to do. I was born to do this specific job. I don't know if I'm very good at it or not, but but I just felt like, how do I walk alongside women and remind them that there are people like me out there who long for a child and will never be able to experience something growing inside of them. But that's not that was not what I was made for. I was made for adoption. I was made to love our kid. Many. Yes. Yeah, I was made to love a lot of other ch- other people's yes. children. And I think that's something that I think women forget about a lot is that we have this natural maternalistic, like we're made to love children. Like it's just something very natural for us. And how do I remind women like that's something that's innately in you? And how do I turn that light switch on for you? Right. And whether that's through my work here at 3W or through my journey through adoption yeah, however, how can I be a part of that piece? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's fulfilling not only for them, but it's so fulfilling for me. Yeah, so when all of this came about, it was kind of like, okay, I'm getting into a roller coaster and letting the roller coaster go. Like, I have no control over it. I have no control over my infertility, and I'll have no control over this. And by releasing that control, 
the floodgates of gifts came yeah. beyond beyond what I could have imagined. Mm-hmm. And you know, for my family from a Vietnamese like culture, it's still it was still very foreign to adopt. Usually in Vietnam, when you adopt a child, it's because like the parents have died and some relative in that village takes in that child. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a much more organic, someone needs to raise this child, we will take this child. Right. So for my family to kind of go through the process with me of like, this is all the legal stuff we have to do and this is all the documents we have to sign and this is, this is how much it's gonna cost, they just thought it was like really weird. Right. They just thought it was like a really weird process. I was pretty concerned about both my my dads, like my my dad and Steve's dad, because they're, you know, men are very like paternal and they want their own kids, like mm-hmm. pass on their own bloodlines. But they were both surprisingly like, this is awesome. <laughs> so this is so great. We're going to like so supportive. My mother-in-law was super supportive, but she's also has a lot of experience with adoption, being oh. Irish and oh. growing up in a very Irish community where a lot of the kids in her oh. in her life were mm-hmm. adopted. Mm-hmm. My mom, on the other hand, was what was who I was really worried about. She she doesn't show her emotions a lot. She shows it in like food. <laughs> Like she loves you by like cooking for you, Mm -hmm. which is very stereotypical, like Asian mom. So I was a little worried about how she was going to receive this child into our very tight knit family. And I remember bringing him home and she coming over and kind of looking at him and kind of fixing his blanket. And then I turn around. She she's like holding him. And I think it was like love at first sight. Like I think any, like I said, like there's this maternal instinct of, oh my gosh, he's here and I'm going to love the crap out of him. And my parents recently remodeled their home and stayed with us for a month and a half in our guest room. And it became a routine that my mom would wake up and go into the bathroom and Max would come running down the hallway and sit outside of the bathroom and just go, mama, mama, mama. And just watching their relationship um, kind of blows my mind. Because again, my mom is not one to show a lot of emotions, but oh my gosh, she loves him so much. Actually, she's really in trouble because Yesterday, she was watching him and he broke a glass and she goes, it's fine. She would never say that to me. (laughs) You know that? She would never say that to me. But with Max, he could turn her life upside down and she'd probably be like, it's fine. You know, or she was washing his face the other day and he stuck his tongue out to like taste the water that she was washing on his face. And she just cracked up. (laughs) He has definitely changed her life and has made her softer in a lot of ways and she even told my sister and i okay this wall in this new house in this house of ours is the wall where i put up max and amelia's picture so my little niece and she's like we're gonna fill it with their pictures you know (laughs) so it's just it's just a really cool experience and my grandma who's still alive she she wants him to come over all the time and she he just runs down the hall and they just crack up and they just think he's hilarious and they love his feet because it's all fat, <laughs> you know, it has like a curve, you know. And my grandma just sits there and just touches his hands and like kisses his face. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's changed 
our lives. It's changed my family's lives. It's changed our culture of how to look at adoption. You know, I have a huge family and he's been introduced to all these people. And I think he's very much become an extrovert like me. And people just dote on him like and think he's just the funniest thing. And, you know, he wakes up from his nap and people are... Uh, <laughs> Who's going to hold him? Uh-huh. Who's the first to hold him? Who massages his legs? Oh. Like they massage his arms and his legs and there's this little rhyme that they do. Uh-huh. You know, and it's just, yeah, Sue, it's just, I don't, I don't know how to tell you just how freaking loved that kid. <laughs> it's the best ever. It's the best. And he just, he, I feel like he, he knows uh-huh. and he just eats it up. <laughs> He oh. just eats it up. I'm convinced he he planned this before he even got here. <laughs> just... And the reason why he's so plump and big is because he's never hungry. There's right. always a mom feeding him. Oh, he wants snacks. He wants mangoes. Like, grandma's going to cut you mangoes, you know, or it's just, you know, he had a little tumble the other day and I got blamed for it. You know, oh, I turned my back for like five seconds and he got into something and like bruised up his knee. And it was my fault that, oh, you know, Max is hurt. And it's just like, dude, he's a taller. Like, this is what they do. Right. Um, and my niece is, you know, just in love with him and thinks like they're best friends. And mm-hmm. so we can't yes. wait to, you know, adopt again and yes. like bring that another child into yes. the mix. And because I think that's just what we were made to do. We weren't made to have our own biological children. And I don't know why, but it's okay to not mm-hmm. know that piece. Someone has to tell the story for others that may be in that position. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. 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 You know, you mentioned something through that and you said not having the, you know, baby yourself, you know, you're like, I'm not sure if we're doing it right. But you know what? Even mothers who might maybe seem like they're doing a really good job, sometimes they think to themselves, I'm not sure if I'm doing this right. So yeah. you're, you're doing perfect if you <laughs> ever get there. And, yeah. And your family is really great just to know that. Coming from where I was in the beginning when you first asked me my, my idea of adoption mm-hmm. to what I know now, mm-hmm. it is my hope that other people out there that are considering this We'll look at some of the facts, like I've said in previously. Look at the facts without just the opinion and the emotion. Everybody's going to have their opinion. Oh, gosh, Everybody, yes. You know, they're, they're yeah. all over. Yeah. But if you're worried about making them happy and they're worried about making them happy, then who is really taking care of you? Yeah. And so knowing the other side, the side that you've shared with me. Mm-hmm. My idea was all these horrible stories. I was making up stories of, you know, adoptions and stuff. But yeah. When I come and learn about it, learn about you, learn about your family, I am just so thankful and grateful. And I tear up at my own time thinking about all the love that this little boy is getting. <laughs> and that more than I than I could ever oh, offer gosh. for him on my own. And then knowing gosh. that you've given me, you've sent me pictures. I try not to be too invasive. You know, I oh want gosh, you to you're know so that. respectful. <laughs> you're so respectful. And I feel like we're really, that. that's not the case for everybody. That's not the case Perhaps for every not, yeah. every story. Every I think every adoption story is different. Exactly. Yeah. But because you don't ask me, I want to send you more. <laughs> you know, it's kind that's of like. tip, ladies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you've been, you've always been so respectful and kind and I think it's because this, you have this innate maternal instinct of, you know, we're, we're in your, 
in our 30s. And so we're very much similar to your own older children. Mm -hmm. And so that maternal instinct kicks in and you you realize like, what wouldn't you do for your kids? Yeah. And I've done the alternative. I've done all the things. I've done having the children at, yeah. you know, teenage years. And I'm trying to figure out what all that's about. I've done being in the world as mm-hmm. one would say, experiencing mm-hmm. and experimenting yeah. and all that. I was a stay-at-home mom. And uh-huh. I've had, oh, I'm the single mom. Yeah. And, and I've been pregnant and chosen other options. And and, and so I, I will say that we go through emotions. We go through life. We go mm-hmm. through things in each scenario. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that this one is, I, I still went through my emotions. I still went through those feelings. Mm-hmm. But knowing that I can stand in a different spot. I can stand in a different spot knowing to trust the process. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that I chose this. And sometimes afterwards, there's this stunned moment where you're not feeling much. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like the protectiveness, like when you were going to adopt and you're like, I'm not sure if I want to decorate yet. Yeah. You know, all yeah, yeah, yeah. you're protecting your emotion, you're protecting right. the heart and everything yeah. like that. Well, on the other end, I am too. So we're very similar. We're mm-hmm. both going through d- d- through this together. You know, right. we're not separate from that. Looking at it in a different in a different spotlight and really mm-hmm. wanting to help other, other women to know that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I've gone through it. Sometimes those things will flare up even now today, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. knowing, oh, yeah, knowing that it's all okay. Mm-hmm. It's all okay. I remember sitting in that room looking at some of those profiles and I thought, oh, my, I wish I had babies for all of them, you know? <laughs> and so that was a strange, that was a strange feeling, but yeah. it was a true, a true thing <laughs> that came up. I said it out loud. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to ever thank you enough. Like, thank you seems so small. Yeah, to I what can you've say, given I me. I can say a way that you are thinking, if you want to say thank you, but a way that you express your gratitude and everything and every day is you're coming to this clinic and you're helping these women. And not only that, you are taking all of their, some of their situations home with you and you're mm-hmm. just trying to love on them. You and your whole staff that is here, that you have volunteers, you have, I don't know if people understand how much of a lighthouse you are here to these women that are coming into your building. And yeah. I know that when I came into the building, just to, you said, hey, come and uh, tour the place. Said, yeah. That's great. <laughs> I felt, you know, the, a love. You feel an acceptance. You feel being taken care of. You know, you're, you're, you're offering a facility where people may have to spend a lot of money going to other places to get. Mm-hmm. So, they're, so they're not getting those. They're not getting that help because a lot of us don't have the money to mm-hmm. do that. You're, you're sharing your openness, your love. People here are genuine, um, oh, even to the podcast. Like, oh, please come in. And I thought, oh, this is great. You know, <laughs> being, being here and being willing to talk to each one of them, even to go cry with them, you know, and yeah. to hold their hand and to, to just be that person is where you're giving a thanks, thanks every day. And I hope that people who don't, who aren't even facing adoption or aren't even facing any of that, or maybe Mm -hmm. they know someone, that Mm -hmm. they'll come, they'll contact your clinic, you know, and that even those that may have dollars to to, to monetarily Mm -hmm. give, that would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. Even if it's $5, 
millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're going to put it to good. You always yeah. have a vision for this place. You yeah. have a vision <laughs> for your community, for this place. Mm-hmm. You work very hard and you put a lot of your passion and, and everything into it and, and it, it shows. Oh, thank you so, so I would I would definitely say anybody who's thinking about contacting the facility doesn't mm-hmm. know what to do you know, just give a call there's resources you don't have yes. to even put into adoption right you can there's other ways but at least come get some help mm-hmm. or you know or contact to see how you can help you know mm-hmm. even volunteering your their services mm-hmm. i came and stopped envelopes I you, did. you did you <laughs> did <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's really i mean when you said that you know, in your story, you felt like a lot of people were saying, you know, you do what you want to do and we're going to support you. But there was still that that sense of alone, like yep, you're making some right. decisions alone. And that's sometimes I still feel like that. But I think we all do. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we are the ones who have to look at ourselves in the mirror and say that was the best decision I did for myself. Yeah. And I'm I have to live with that and I'm OK with it. Yeah. I and do want to bring one thing up. I wanted to treat myself well. I give yeah. this baby the best opportunity. <laughs> but also I, I did want to um, provide, you know, my own milk supply. <laughs> yes, you did. And you so did. I didn't really say anything, but you and Stephen said, if, you know, that's an opportunity if you choose it. You know, and I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> so being able to provide some of that afterwards was helpful for me. Now, it may not be for everybody, oh, yeah. but it was helpful for me. And I want to thank you for that. Oh, heck yes, Sue. We were just <laughs> like, feed that baby. He's been fed by so many moms, so many moms, you know, but I knew that was really important. Not just important for, for you, but for him too. Because you're, you're always going to be his mom too, you know? And I think the other day you told me like, you know, I know he's your baby. And I was like, no, he's our baby. It was really sweet. He's our baby. He is so meant to be shared. And I'm very secure. You family, so that's yeah. true. <laughs> well, but I'm, I'm real, I'm, I've come to a point where I'm like super secure in my relationship with mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. that I don't have to feel possessive or insecure about what your role is going to be in his life. I want you to know him and I want him to know you because he has like these awesome sisters that yeah. he has, you know, especially if he, if we don't, you know, end up adopting again or something like that. Like I don't want him to feel like he's an only sibling because he's not, he's going to have a plethora of half sisters and then cousins, right. yes. you know, and all of that stuff. And that's what makes family and that's what makes community. And it's complex and it's not always straightforward and it's not always like this clean, perfect, leave it to beaver kind of vibe. But it's his story. It's his story. And I th- I really want him to be proud of it. I want him to be proud of you mm-hmm. and your family. I can see that even with the open adoption, how we chose it to be. Mm-hmm. Maybe that might not be for everybody. Mm-hmm. You, and but I have heard of some closed adoptions that turned out just fine. Mm-hmm. And I think hearing your side is instrumental because if somebody does choose a closed adoption, yeah. they can know that there's a beauty on that other side mm-hmm. and that if, if it ever opens up later, let that be. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, gosh, adoption is such, and I think that's a way to, to dismantle the stigma about adoption is like more people should talk about it like yeah. the way we do or the way we are because it's really awesome. And I don't think, I don't think Max could be more loved than he is right now. I think it's pretty, I think it's overflowing, <laughs> you know, just the way he he's very he's very secure with himself and very <laughs> stubborn and 
he just know he just knows when there's a mom or a grandma around he can get away with murder yeah <laughs> yes yes well, well, sure. <laughs> and it's so it's it's very easy because he's freaking adorable so he's so cute he's so stinking cute <laughs> yeah he's so stinking cute so Thank you, Sue, for spending time with me and getting to talk about this. Because I know that it's been like, it's been long overdue. I'm sure there are other questions that are coming up, going to come up as he gets older and more aware of the situation. And how do we explain that to him? And maybe we just like let him listen to this podcast uh, one day and let him know, right? Just how loved he is. And so just thank you. Just thank you so much. I can't, I don't know how to thank you enough for just being in my life and changing my life forever and making me a mom thank you thank you all right well that's our cue to wrap up this podcast we've been talking for a long time but i hope you guys enjoy this candidness and this this conversation about adoption from both both angles and what is it like for a birth mother to adopt and what is it like for an adoptive mom to adopt and it is complex and it's heartbreaking at times and it feels so many different feelings but there's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel if we can help navigate that journey in any way. I know that Sue has been so gracious in saying she would talk with anyone, you know, and walk alongside them with anyone, as well as myself, as well as the team here at 3W. Like we are so, we really, really want that opportunity as much as possible to to walk alongside you, whatever you decide, right? Because at the end of the day, it's your choice. But if we could share any more of of that journey with you we're here for you and so please feel free to contact us at any time and make an appointment and just talk to one of our staff or or me or sue thank you so much for listening and tune in for our next episode which is i guarantee you another exciting topic so thank you so much and have a great day for more information about 3w please visit our website at 3wmedical.org that's the number three the letter W, medical.org. From there, you can learn more information about the services we provide, book an appointment, or make a donation if you'd like to support our mission. You can also call our office at 206-588-0311. That's 206-588-0311. If you like this episode, Please share it with others and consider subscribing on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay healthy and be well.